0: God is good, and all the time, it's a joy to be with you on this Christmas day and to share all of the wonder and joy and mystery of this holy season. As we gather, I was thinking about Christmases from my childhood, and I shared a little bit last Sunday about some of the things that that I remember and thought about as as a little child at Christmas and what it meant. It was all, you know, presents, and candy, and, and food. I want to bring you up a little bit further in my life journey. When I was a teenager, I'm talking about between the ages of 12, 13, 14, this was before I was even a believer in Christ, I had the opportunity to participate in the live nativity that was every year produced, by the First Baptist Church of Whiteville, North Carolina. And I wasn't doing it because I believed in the nativity story. I was doing it because it sounded like fun. It was an enormous production with full theatrical stage lights. It was outdoors. People would come in great crowds to watch this production. It had live sheep. A donkey that would bring Mary and joseph to to Bethlehem, it had an actual camel sometimes. It was a major production with with not only all of the stage lighting but full costumes, not even those fake beards. There was a guy that was an amateur theater arts makeup artist, and he would actually use that makeup glue to put hairs on almost individually to create full beards. And these were all teenagers, some even teenage girls, (laughs) with big beards playing these roles, and angels uh, suspended up in the air on a platform above the whole scene. They even built a life-size barn, a stable for the animals, a pen for all of those live sheep and a little hut that served as the inn, where the innkeeper and his wife lived. And we, every year, produce this wonderful production. But you can imagine, with something that big, with that many moving parts and that many special pieces, all staffed and operated by teenagers, They're not in the room, so I can say that a lot could go wrong. There was, for example, the year that the innkeeper, who was supposed to come out of his innkeeper door when Joseph knocks and he gestures, it's all pantomime and narrated with this audio track, even with music, by the way. And so in the pantomime, the acting out, Joseph comes and knocks on the door dramatically. The innkeeper is supposed to open the door, step out, and go, no, no, no. No room at the inn. Until one year, the door to the inn got wedged shut. And the innkeeper couldn't come out. And so Joseph knocks, nothing. Knocks, still nothing. Now keep in mind, Every year, this town watched the same play, and they knew what was supposed to happen, but there was no innkeeper. Finally, in desperation, the young teenage actor decides to try to climb out of the window of the inn, wearing one of those long robes. His foot gets caught, and headfirst, he tumbles out of the window at the feet of Mary herself, covered in dirt sweating red-faced and then he does the same little production and he tries to go back in the door still won't open and I am told that an old man in the crowd said I guess there's no room in the inn for the innkeeper himself and then his wife said his wife locked him out (laughs) that was bad Not nearly as bad as the year the teenagers who were playing the shepherds all decided to, as a joke, tuck socks into the rope that they were using as a belt around their shepherds' robes. Why would they do this? Because the scripture says there were shepherds keeping watch over their flock, watching their flock at night. And they thought it would be funnier if it were shepherds washing their socks at night. So they all had their socks to wash. They got in a little bit of trouble for that one. Then there was even the year when sweet Mary, holding the baby Jesus in her arms, stands up for the dramatic grand finale and loses her grip. And baby Jesus falls out of her arms, head first onto the ground. It was a doll. I see the look on your face. (laughs) It was not a real baby. But even so, you could hear the crowd all at once together go, Baby Jesus. She quickly scooped him up. Even worse than that was the year, well, the years of Mr. Jingle. Who was Mr. Jingle? My grandfather owned a donkey named Mr. Jingle. And every year he would loan out Mr. Jingle for three years straight to serve as the donkey of privilege who got to carry Mary to Bethlehem, to the inn, and eventually to the manger. The only problem with Mr. Jingle is he had... How can I say this delicately? Well, he had a little bit of an unpredictable bowel system. And you never knew when he might give you the gift, as it were. And it would always be at the worst possible times. So much so that the teenagers wrote a little song for Mr. Jingle. Jingle smells, jingle smells. Well, I won't sing the rest of the song in church. The absolute worst, though, was the year of 1993. You see, the way the production is supposed to end is all of these actors, there's shepherds, wise men, the camel, the sheep, the donkey, Mary, Joseph, the innkeeper, the innkeeper's wife, all of these characters, this great, vast set with the inn and the manger and the stables, and the the little charis place for all the animals, all of a sudden at the end gets flooded with light. Red, blue, yellow, bright lights, floodlights, spotlights. And as the narrator says, the light has shone in the darkness. Glory to God in the highest. He is wonderful, counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. And as he says this, the hallelujah chorus begins to play. Hallelujah. You know, sing it with me, right? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Except in the year of 1993, when the producer hit the button that was supposed to make all of this happen, you heard that sound as all of the power went out. (laughs) Total darkness and complete silence and so he took the flashlight from underneath his work desk and shone the light on mary and joseph this pitiful little flashlight and just when everyone was ready to be comfortable with that scene leroy found the breaker switch to turn all the power on and suddenly hallelujah all the light the shock, the awe, the wonder of it all. And I was there just for all the fun, to laugh at all of this, to, to enjoy the moment. But I never once, I don't think, understood what story we were even trying to tell. It was all about the lights and the stage and the, the claps and the applause and the ooh, ah wonderful but i never got the message and even as i got older and became a believer i think i carried with me for a long time this sort of empty image of christmas nativity this live nativity scene didn't mean a whole lot to me as much as maybe easter or or some of the other celebrations in the Christi- christian year and it wasn't until i was a father and watched my own children in a live nativity production. This was the first church I pastored, and they were just little guys. And watching them triggered a memory for me. Suddenly I remembered something from before those teenage years all the way back to my childhood, to one of my earliest childhood memories of Christmas. My grandmother took me to her tiny little village church in a place called Bladenboro, and they were having their own version of a live nativity, only this church didn't have all the money and all of the fancy lights or the professional narrator or the wonderful music to play over loud speakers of hallelujah hallelujah they just had a few people willing to play the parts there was a mary and a joseph i remember it was a real baby that mary was holding and i remember that was it they didn't say anything they didn't do anything they just were standing there live and real And you got to walk by and look. And as a kid, I remember that scene so vividly even now. As a kid, I wondered, is this the real Mary? The real Joseph? Is it even the real baby, Jesus? It all seemed more real to me than the big production. It seemed so simple, so innocent. And there was a wonder and a mystery to it. There was an awe to it. And part of that was generated by this one single Christmas star light that they had hanging over the scene. And it gave this orange-yellow glow to everything. Just, that was the only light there was. Just a simple, shallow light bathing everything And that added to me the wonder of it all, the mystery of it all. And my little childhood mind began to imagine what was that star like long ago? And I think when I remembered that moment as an adult, suddenly it was all rekindled to me. That's Christmas. It's not a lot of show, a lot of pomp and and performance. It's just a very simple, quiet manger with a mother and a father and a newborn child. When I was in seminary many years later at Duke University, the dean of Duke Chapel, Will Willimon, was teaching us about what do you preach at Christmas? Because we preacher types want to do something bigger and better every year. To, to draw a crowd in. And he said, Let your Christmas proclamation be less about the show and the lights and the gimmicks and the flashy imagery and the twinkling stars on the tree. And let it be more like your earliest childhood memory of Christmas. And I knew what he meant. And when we are children... Don't we look at the story differently? It's more mysterious. There is that sense of wonder to it. Everything is miraculous. And the older we get, it seems like the darker and the dimmer that vivid imagery becomes. And so this Christmas, I invite you to hear the words of the prophet from long ago who foretold in Isaiah chapter 9, this child who was coming. I want you to hear this proclamation from the prophet again, but hear it as a child. Listen to it with your childlike ears, the simple proclaimed truth of Jesus coming. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the trampling warriors and the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire, for a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There's a lot that could be unpacked and shared from those verses of the prophet Isaiah, spoken so long ago. You could take each line and make an elaborate message. You could... Create something very intricate and complex. And yet, does not that first line, that verse 2, tell us everything? A light has shone, shone on those in darkness. And so, if you hear anything this Christmas season, hear just that. Just take that one truth. What if we could just walk away fully embracing that truth, that the light shines on us. We who are living in a land of darkness. The world is dark and fallen. The light shines still. I don't know what you are going through today. Maybe nothing. Maybe your life, is all sunshine and roses. But many of us are going through some darkness. Perhaps it's the loss of a job. This is the t- season of of the year when so many people lose their income, their livelihood, and their professions. Perhaps you've lost someone you love. Maybe not even recently. But their loss is still raw and real. And, and it's is with you maybe the darkness that you find yourself in is from the stress and the burdens of this time of year there's so much to do and, and the year is running out and that can create a mindset of darkness but do you ever feel like you're in darkness for no reason at all sometimes people find themselves in a depressive state for no reason They just feel down. Whatever darkness you are wrestling with today, the truth endures. From the words of that prophet long ago, a light for those who live in darkness. And the Gospel of John has proclaimed to us the mystery of this simple symbol of light, the Christ candle. Whatever darkness you are going through, hear those words of the Apostle John once again. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness, my friends, has not, cannot, and never will overcome the light of christ may that light shine upon you and all whom you love this christmas day would you pray with me light of the world you step down into darkness these words we sing to you lord are so powerfully true the light of the world came And lived amongst us for a while. And his light, Lord, you tell us, was the light of all people. Shining in the darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome it. May that light indeed shine upon each and every one of us today. May our eyes be open to it. Our hearts open to that light shining upon us. And may that same wonder and mystery of the Christmas star bathe us in the warmth of Jesus' love and make our cold hearts warm again. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.